Thank you very much, Your Excellencies, uh, Leslie, Nasruddin, and Young, and thank you, Clemens, for moderating our opening session. Before we go on to the technical sessions, let me give you a brief overview of what we're expecting in the next hour. Our sessions will include rapid-fire presentations based on discussions during 32 seminars we have organized with the USAID, as well as findings that were published in our policy notes. In the chat box, please find links to these notes in English and Arabic, and more information can be found on our website. We'll also present live demonstrations for the two digital tools we have developed in partnership with the USAID. The first is COVID food policy tracker, and it will be presented in session one. The second is Map Egypt, and it will be presented in session two. Links to these two tools are also provided in the chat box, so you may check them out as well. Our first session is entitled Promoting Food System Transformation and Resilience Post-COVID-19, and we will be moderated by Dr. Shaneng Arnett, who is the Director of Environment and Production Technology Division at IFPRI. Before we start, I'd like to remind our audience that real-time simultaneous translation is available in both English and Arabic. Please click interpretation and choose the language you prefer. To see the interpretation option, please make sure you have the latest version of Zoom installed on your PC. Channing, the floor is yours. Thank you, Lena. Um, I'd like to welcome everybody to this session on promoting food systems transformation and resilience post-COVID-19. As Lena mentioned, I'm Channing Arndt, Director of Environment and Production Technology, and it's my pleasure to moderate this session. Um, uh, news in my Twitter feed with the Pfizer vaccine was administered this morning for the first time to a member of the general population in the United Kingdom. We can all hope that this is a tangible step towards the post-COVID era. Today we have 30 minutes and a lot to get through. Um, there will be presentations of key sets of recommendations and then invited comments on those recommendations. We'll do that twice. I will have to be uh, strict with time if we are to have a few minutes for questions and answers at, at the end. So uh, without further ado, let's go forward with a brief overview of key recommendations uh, presented by Dr. Miriam Rauf and Mr. Hassan Ibrahim from IFPRI. So please, the, the floor is yours. Um, thank you. Thank you, Channing. Hi, everyone. Um, I am so delighted to be a presenter today in our symposium. My <coughs> presentation will focus on the key findings of our joint study that we conducted with the Ministry of Planning and Economic Development. And the main purpose of these studies was to assess the impact of COVID-19 on the Egyptian economy during the lockdown period and the recovery scenarios. Uh, IFPRI and the Ministry of Planning and Economic Development have collaborated together to estimate the impact of COVID-19 crisis on the main macroeconomic aggregates in the Egyptian economy. The impact of the partial lockdown period was estimated to account for both the unfavorable external conditions and the domestic precautionary measures. IFPRI and MPED continued their collaboration by estimating the impact of phasing out these COVID-19 related measures and of alternative recovery scenarios for the period July to December 2020. Modeling results showed that the implementation of the stimulus package has strongly reduced the GDP loss during the partial lockdown period. Specifically, the service sector is hit hardest, followed by industry. Agriculture is the most resilient sector. In addition, higher income households face the largest income losses. Lower income households also see their income decline significantly and find it harder to cope. To mitigate these negative effects, the government has taken bold actions to support 
these vulnerable groups by providing cash transfers to the more seasonal workers who lost their jobs as a result of this crisis. And during the first half of the fiscal year 2020-21, the implementation of the government investment plan would significantly improve economic performance. Hence, GDP growth rate is expected to turn positive under the past recovery scenario. This shows that the large-scale public investment program is essential for a return to positive short-term growth in Egypt's economy. Our main recommendations out of our studies is that the reopening of the economy may provide opportunities for fostering sustainable economic transformation. Basically, government support to certain sectors can foster sustainable transformation and create jobs, such as the ITC sector. This will help foster the digitization of the government services and develop a knowledge-based economy. In addition, investing in infrastructure projects generates new job opportunities, especially for many low-skilled and seasonal workers. Public investment is a powerful element of the economic stimulus package that is being put in place in Egypt to limit the economic fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic. And a well-designed public investment coupled with reforms to improve the business climate can lay the foundation for a more resilient and private sector-driven economy. Thank you so much for listening and you can find more details in our website uh, for the two policy notes that we conducted with the Ministry of uh, planning and economic development. Uh, now my colleague Hassan will present uh, the food policy monitor. This tool has provided us with updated and rich information that we relied on among other sources as well to conduct our study. And the floor is yours, Hassan. Thank you. Thank you, Mariam, and thank you, Channing. Um, I am Hossam Ibrahim from the IFRI Egypt office, and I will be presenting a very brief demo of our policy track. This is the COVID-19 food policy response monitor for Egypt. And uh, this is updated regularly, uh, and it shows all the uh, confirmed tally cases of COVID-19 from the John Hopkins uh, University, along with uh, the main interventions and policies implemented by the government of Egypt to help curb the, uh, and resist the spread of the virus, as well as the economic impact of the pandemic. You can see in this figure that all the policies implemented by the government starting from the first case confirmed in Egypt, which was back in February 14th, all the way to yesterday. Also, if you go a bit below, you can easily see all the policies implemented by the government of Egypt by different types of policies. You can scroll down and see that there are different tabs for different types of policies, including population movement, business policies, health responses, social protection, broad fiscal policies, farm fiscal policies, and so on. You can also see within the tabs, the date of the announcement, the date of the implementation, when is it supposed to be ending, and what type of social protection policy if you're on the social protection tab. Along with that, you'll be able to see a very brief measure description of the policy implemented. And if you are interested in more details about that one particular policy, you can easily follow the links provided on the same tab. This is, of course, publicly available on the Egypt IFPRI website, and it is also part of our global effort to monitor many of these policies along many other different countries. I believe my colleagues have shared the links to this website on the chat box. Please feel free to visit, and if you have any questions, I'm here and available to answer. Thank you very much, and over to you, Channing. 
Thank you um, very much. Uh, we're going to move to um, comments from commentators. We have um, first uh, Dr. Mushara Karara from the Ministry of Planning and Economic Development. Please uh, be uh, brief, about two minutes, uh, Dr. Karara, and um, we look forward, you have the floor, go ahead. Yes, hello everyone. Hi. Uh, first of all, thank you for this uh, uh, invitation. Uh, thank you, uh, uh, Shannon. Thank you, Mariam and uh, Dr. Clemens. Uh, actually, it's uh, it's a great pleasure for us to participate in that because uh, I have to say the two policy notes that has been published during uh, the pandemic, uh, or to, to actually assess the impact of the pandemic and forecast how the economy will uh, will uh, will perform in that crisis, has helped us a lot. Uh, has helped us a lot. We were. Uh, uh, it was uh, forward-looking, it was evidence-based, uh, uh, and this has actually uh, helped us a lot, uh, not only in forecasting, uh, but, uh, but also in trying to quantify the impact of, uh, of, uh, of all the uh, government and the, the, the interventions that, be, that has been done by all entities actually in the, uh, in the country. And as Mariam presented and in, in, uh, in, uh, showed us in her presentation, if it weren't for these interventions, uh, we would have went to 1.9% uh, in 1920 compared to 3.57 uh, uh, actually achieved. And also in the coming first half, we're expecting as well uh, uh, like a positive growth rate uh, with the intervention. However, without it, it can go uh, negative. And uh, again, this has helped us tremendously because um, uh, each every now and then, and with the uh, help of the policy tracker that the, uh, that the ministry has launched, we're able to assess the impact of such measures. We're able to follow up and update uh, such measures. Uh, so having all this picture together uh, uh, on a qualitative, quantitative side has been, uh, has been very useful. And uh, maybe I would also, I just want to add uh, that all these, um, the, the, the proactive uh, measures that the country has taken, uh, it has helped a lot. And at the same time, the successful uh, uh, implementation of the reform program has given us the fiscal space to actually uh, like uh, to, to, to be resilient and to have the, the, uh, enough money to actually do all these interventions, uh, whether the fiscal or the monetary measures that has been uh, implemented. Um, and, and I have to say that actually that our cooperation with IFPRI has, uh, has gone long uh, ago. Uh, I know Dr. Clement and Mariam from uh, the, like uh, late 2015 maybe, and they've helped us a lot in, uh, in uh, capacity building uh, uh, <coughs> workshops and so on. Uh, so again, thank you for that. And, um, and, uh, and I, I hope that we continue to work on such policy notes because again, it is very helpful. And as has been mentioned by the uh, participants here, we're still uh, facing a lot of uncertainty, and uh, and we need such things to act to just like take our uh, like uh, guide us through the way because uh, because things are still unclear, uh, and that's why even you will find that the policy note we have it for Q1 and Q2, so we're trying to take it step by step uh, things uh, as things uh, like unravel along the way. So thank you again, and we'll, uh, we, we, we thank you so much for this uh, cooperation, and we hope it uh, continues for uh, uh, in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Mishra. Um, we now have um, Dr. Abla Abdel Latif from the Egypt Center, Egyptian Center for Economic Studies. Uh, Abla, the floor is yours. Please go ahead. Yes, hello everyone. Uh, uh, thank you very much for inviting me to this event. Hello Clemens, hello everyone. 
Um, um, I want to talk very briefly about the collaboration between ECS and, and IFPRI. It goes way back um, from the time Clemens actually came uh, 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 to Egypt. Uh, we worked before on clusters on a bunch of uh, topics, but the time of COVID-19 has been very active for us. Um, ECS uh, was actually the very first uh, center in Egypt to start talking about the impact of COVID-19 on the sectors and put uh, scenarios for the possible impact. Uh, and what we did, uh, what if we did is actually approach ECS and uh, we uh, worked together. Um, they, they put the multiplier uh, model and they applied it on the case of the remittances, labor remittances, the, the tourism and the Swiss Canal revenues using the uh, assumptions and the scenarios that we had. So uh, it was actually great collaboration. One, because it came very early on, uh, just like our starting steps, March, 2020, no one was talking about impact at the time. So it was the quick response. One, two, the capitalizing on each other's work and that's really very good. And there is a policy brief that's outcome for this is uh, uh, entitled estimating the impacts of expected reduction in tourism, Swiss Canal revenues and remittances. Uh, it was not mentioned in the previous presentation, but it is there and it's the outcome of the work with us. Um, on the outlook of the future, uh, ECS is still continuing. We've completed about 24 uh, studies talking about the impact on the different uh, uh, sectors of COVID-19. And we're moving on to testing if, uh, um, if our predictions were actually uh, right and where they need to be uh, uh, needed to be corrected and also identifying the drivers of change in uh, uh, revitalizing the economy in the future. I think there is still a lot of room for more collaboration between our two um, institutions uh, in testing uh, the, uh, the outcomes of the model against the reality. And uh, again, I, I thank all of you. Thank you very much, um, Ms. Latif. Um, we now move on to our, our second set of, of key recommendations and, uh, and findings. Um, just as a pre, we hopefully will have time for Q&A. There is a question and answer box into which you can type your question. Please go ahead and do that. Uh, for the moment, I'm going to introduce uh, Dr. Kibran Abe to provide uh, the next set of, of recommendations. Dr. Abe, the, the floor is yours. Thank you, Channing, and good morning, everyone. Um, so I'm going to talk about uh, enabling farmers to lead uh, uh, food system transformation and resilience in Egypt. Uh, next slide, please. So agriculture and food policies would play an important role in making Egypt's food system fit for uh, future challenges. And uh, this is mainly because uh, Egypt's agriculture and agri-food system uh, will continue to play an important role uh, to the country's socioeconomic development, both in terms of the contribution to uh, national GDP as well as uh, uh, contribution to uh, job creation. Uh, agriculture is also the most resilient uh, sector to the ongoing pandemic. Uh, uh, and because of these features, uh, the agri-food system and agriculture uh, provides a strong basis for uh, post-COVID recovery and food system transformation in Egypt. However, uh, uh, the sector faced some important challenges, including uh, population growth, uh, climate change, and land, land scarcity, which are threatening the sustainability of the sector, as well as its potential to satisfy uh, an ever-growing demand for food. 
Secondly, uh, smallholder farmers lack adequate uh, technical and production and market support, which is somehow limiting their production potential. Secondly, uh, thirdly, uh, extension systems and service in Egypt are not sufficiently equipped and uh, their quality have been uh, going down uh, quite a bit. And finally, uh, there are some rigidities and uh, uh, some uh, uh, rigid agriculture policies which somehow affect uh, the production and marketing choice of uh, uh, farmers. So uh, uh, in view of these challenges, uh, we came up uh, with five areas of action and recommendation to address this uh, challenge. Uh, the first is uh, uh, we think that uh, there is a need to invest in a renowned, rena renewing the system of agriculture extension service in Egypt. Uh, secondly, uh, there is a need to uh, ease some of the rigidities in agriculture policies, especially those uh, uh, a policy that somehow affect uh, farmers' uh, production and marketing orientation. Uh, certainly, uh, there is a need to uh, revisit um, uh, the current man uh, irrigation management system to somehow, somehow improve uh, uh, water use efficiency and productivity because especially uh, this is crucial in view of the looming uh, water scarcity in the region. Uh, 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 fourth, we think that there is a need to support the development of agro-processing value chains and uh, uh, more support to smallholders to uh, uh, benefit from these value chains. And finally, we think that uh, the agriculture sector would benefit from uh, a more coordination of agriculture policies with other uh, policies. Uh, uh, with this, uh, uh, yeah, thank you all uh, for listening. And we have some uh, related publications that you can uh, visit them in our website. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Very good. We now have um, three commentators, uh, two minutes each for uh, the commentators, please. Um, the, the first commentator will be Dr. Fadi Abdelradi from the Faculty of Agriculture at Cairo University. The floor is yours. Please go ahead. Thank you very much, Channing, and thanks to Clemens for inviting me for, in the, for this wonderful symposium. Uh, just to give you um, a quick feedback on uh, the collaboration that we had with Evbri uh, during um, uh, last year and uh, this year as well. So uh, we have been collaborating on different uh, research activities uh, for, uh, related to uh, the COVID-19 impacts. And um, I start with uh, one of the activities that we have done last year, which was uh, getting involved in the development of the Sustainable Agriculture uh, Development Strategy uh, 2030, the revised version. Uh, every have supported us um, uh, during the development of the of the strategy uh, through um, analyzing the and prioritization of uh, agricultural value chains uh, since one of these are the recommendations that Kebron was talking about uh, this is one activity. Another activity was working with uh, with Ebri, and um, they have provided us with a, a, a strong, intensive uh, work uh, series of uh, trainings on uh, applying uh, CGE modeling. Uh, one of the um, uh, 
picture of economy-wide modeling that uh, analyze uh, the impact of different policies and how to uh, make it more efficient uh, through designing it and uh, to have a stronger impact. This is the second uh, type of, of collaboration. And based on, uh, based on this uh, training that we have received, uh, this intensive training that uh, lasted for three months, um, uh, based on that training, what we did is we uh, capitalized on it through uh, getting involved in the development of uh, or providing support in, in the two policy notes uh, that every has developed uh, through the impact of COVID-19 using multiplier models uh, and and then extending extending these uh, these two documents or, or or the use of the of this kind of model to the uh, impact on the agriculture sector as well. With a specific focus on agriculture, and um, lastly, we um, what we are looking for now is to establish uh, actually a, a policy unit uh, that uh, will support and provide evidence-based uh, policy uh, research uh, to the Ministry of Agriculture uh, that is um, quantitative-based and takes advantage of the social, uh, the tempo, temporal, and spatial types of data. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Our second commentator is Dr. Yasser El Shayeb from the Center of Excellence for Water at the American University in Cairo. The floor is yours, Dr. El Shayeb. Thank you, Shannon, very much for um, for giving me this uh, opportunity. Thank you, Clemens, as well for for the invitation and Ifpri. Um, actually, my, my comment will will go on the on the presentation of Dr. Abbey when when he said agriculture is quite is very relevant uh, resilient when it comes when it comes to COVID nineteen. And um, I think this is one of the one of the good things, uh, one of the benefits that we have actually benefited from the COVID nineteen. It's not always bad thing to have it. It wasn't uh, a bad thing to have it now that we've started having uh, vaccines here and there. But I think that there are some benefits that we benefited, and I I believe that the agriculture sector, maybe the water sector as well, was one of the most beneficial for 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 that. How to say? Uh, abrupt uh, uh, stoppage of many of our of our activities um and let me give you also another uh, another i mean another uh, another aspect for 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 the benefits is that um i think with the covid-19 hitting us all it it brought to our attention the the very importance of uh, digitization i mean um before that uh, be before the covid-19 i mean uh, everything was like uh, person to person digitization was there but um i think with us all locked down at homes um and some of us just just getting out uh, here and there we were able to move towards digitization much more faster than we than we've done before i don't believe that we would have uh, achieved the, maybe the egypt map or uh, or the policy uh, um, effect on the on the development of the COVID nineteen if it was not uh, for, for for that. Um, so I think moving towards that digitization will help us understand what's happening. Will help us all um, understand how can we uh, better enhance our um, our usage of our resources. And I'm here, of course, uh, speaking about, about about water and about irrigation which um to just to your for, for your for, for your information i mean um, the information that we get from the ministry of water resources and, in, and irrigation says that we uh 
we have something like 20 billion uh, uh, meter cubic uh, cubic meter of, of water that are reused again in the um, in, in the system, which is very good uh, as, as terms of efficiency. But definitely, there is a lot more to be done, as uh, also said by Dr. Abi. Um, those are my two cents uh, of, of comments. Thank you very much for the invitation, and I'm looking forward for more collaboration, actually, with FPRI on um, policies for water in the in the future. Inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. El Shayeb. Um, our next uh, commentator is Mr. Mustafa Arafa, who is an agricultural entrepreneur. Um, please go ahead, Mr. Arafa. It's a great pleasure to be with you all here today. Maybe uh, I'm coming from a different uh, sector. I'm, I'm representing the private sector and uh, interesting to, uh, to show or to, to tell you what was the effect on us as a producers and exporters of uh, um, medicinal herbs and spices and what was the impact of COVID on our business. Um, and what we see or what we need to, to see in future just to, uh, to help us to recover from this uh, pandemic. Uh, first of all, maybe uh, it's clear to everyone that uh, the food sector was one of the main sectors that was, as Dr. Yasser just said, uh, benefited from the, from the, from the COVID uh, crisis. Um, but again, there was it was very, very varying from from one uh, in, uh, from one sector to another. Like for example, for the food uh, industry, the fresh food industry was benefiting from this, but maybe the other sectors like the uh, the uh, intermediate commodities or the uh, spices and herbs was not that much uh, um, uh, benefited from that from that uh, from that crisis. So what I see is that what we have witnessed during this crisis is that uh, we need to work more on supporting the program uh, or the, the the value chain uh, so, uh, the, the value chain of the of the of this industry we need to be more uh, enforcing the traceability uh, of the of the whole uh, process starting from the farming up to the final uh, product exported to our customers or to the to the uh, to the buyers and that's need to be supported by the government on helping the farmers themselves to raise the awareness for them for whatever uh, new uh, technologies need to be considered for farming uh, perception of pesticides that's being regulated by the uh, by the uh, international markets and uh, at the same time availing the analysis required to comply with the Food and safety, food safety regulations and uh, instructions in every uh, region in the world. I think um, the Egyptian government made an impressive uh, support to everyone on the uh, supply chain. However, we expect more and more. This is a sector which contributes very much to the Egyptian economy, and we believe that the, U the USID is also supporting us on this. And I hope that we see more improvement. Um, and uh, to this sector, especially with the small farmers, we need them to be more benefited from the from this improvement by raising their awareness, by sharing profits, even with the exporters. And that's something which we all will be benefited from. Uh, as I'm just explaining here, there's a concept maybe commercially known for everyone, which is the fair trade. We want a fair trade to reach our farmers and we need to govern the government to cut a portion 
from the subsidies they give to the exporters to go direct to the farmers so they can improve themselves and can help us in opening new markets and um, make better success on, on that field. Thank you everyone for, for, this time, for giving me the time to present myself and the company and the, um, the private sector. Thank you uh, very much, uh, Mr. Arafa. Um, this concludes the session. Thank you very much to all of our speakers, and particular thanks to the to the moder uh, to the commentators who've come and, and given their their perspectives. Thank you for joining us uh, in this session. We have four questions posted to the chat, and in the interest of time, we're going to go ahead and answer those uh, in writing. Uh, there's there's an answer block there that where they will appear, and other places where they can appear. So um, we will close uh, this session now in order to move on. Um, to the next session, so I will pass the, the floor to Lena. Thank you.